You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. There's an expo going on this weekend uh, up in Plano at their little convention center where uh, we're, we're going to stop by and see if we can get some retro video games. It's one of those deals where we're going to have vendors there selling little video games. So we're going to go check it out. Maybe, Joe, they'll oh, really? have uh, Road Rash 3D for the PlayStation. Dude. Like you found. I can't believe it. I've, I've, been, I've been trying to hunt that down since we recorded that racing episode. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to hunt down Road Rash. And I was like going to like movie trading company and half price books. And I got out of work yesterday. and I was like, you know what? Since I'm out this way, I'm going to go to the movie trading company in Louisville because there's no other reason I would be in fucking Louisville. <laughs> uh, and they fuck, they fucking had it. I was like, holy shit, this chances? is great. The problem is my PS3 that's backwards compatible, the PS1 and PS2, is hooked up at the office. So uh, I haven't been able to play it yet. can only play it there. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't. But yeah. PlayStation hasn't been as good about that as Microsoft, it seems, right? Backwards mm, compatibility? So- Sony's been way better about the backwards compatibility. Oh, is it Sony that's better than than Xbox? Yeah, I mean, so Sony was good about it, and like I think both both Microsoft and Sony got bad around like the PS4 and Xbox One, like those eras. Like they suddenly kind of tried to like f- give a big fuck you to yeah. the previous formats. Um, and now with the PS5 being backwards compatible to four, that's cool. Uh, so I figure with my PS3, which was the one that's you know, it can play anything. Uh, I've got all of Sony basically covered. Uh, Xbox is still a little bit tough. Hmm. Like, there's some old Xbox games that I wish I could play that I just, I don't think I'll ever be able to play on these new systems. It was about a year ago that I started looking at the Xbox stuff because, like, you know what? Damn it, I really want to play Half-Life 2, right? Oh, like, yes. how can I find that Fuck. thing? Yes, the And I box. had to look on the, because I was on the Xbox store looking for it and looking for it. It's not there. Finally did a Google search and somebody on some deep Reddit site was like, no, you got to go through the website, through a web browser, buy it through the Xbox yeah. store there, and then it'll, it'll automatically download your system, but you have to find it. It's a deep, deep dive, and I've played the so shit ridiculous. out of it now. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Oh. It's a fucking great game. <laughs> I had Still that, holds up. I had that similar experience trying to play Portal last year. It was like, you can buy it on the 360, but you can't buy it on your Xbox One, but if you own it already, you can download it over to your Xbox One. So it was this whole <sighs> yeah. dance, but then and every time you go to play it, yep. it's like you got It's like booting up an emulator, right? And so mm-hmm. you're playing the 360 inside of the Xbox One, and then you have to resync yeah. your your remotes. It's just a yeah, it's just a pain. We're not yet living in the uh, the utopia uh, that we all and want. it's yeah. still it's still not the same. Like when yeah. you're not playing the game on the original hardware, there's still that difference, man. And and that's why, like, I, I went back and Jay put all these GameCube games on this laptop for me to play, and mm-hmm. I've tried to play the emulated versions. And that's cool and everything. Like, I was really itching to play Eternal Darkness. I don't know if you guys have ever played that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So fucking good. But, like, it just wasn't the same. And so I I hunted down a GameCube, bought a GameCube, found the GameCube version of the game again, and got that and started playing. And, man, it just, everything about it feels right. It just feels right. The response, uh, it's just like home. There's something back home. There's something to be said, uh, Chewy. We're home. <laughs> There's something to be said for uh, playing true. A, a software, the software uh, on the hardware that it was designed for, right? Where they know the specific graphics card that was in there, and the f- software is fine-tuned towards that. The controller, the same sure. thing. They know where the buttons are, so they play it, test it with that controller. doesn't always sure. translate to keyboard and mouse or, or whatever Windows configuration you happen to have, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's challenging going the opposite direction too when you've been playing with the keyboard and mouse for years, Ooh. and then you try to use a controller. <laughs> like that's that's weird for me, especially with the orange box with Portal and Half Life and all that shit in there. It's very different. <laughs> now, are you a big? Uh, well, you know what? I'll save the questions until after I introduce our guest. That voice you're hearing uh, is the voice of our special guest, uh, Gerald Pettis. The voice of Richard Kiley. <laughs> that's right. No expense. No expense. <laughs> Uh, Gerald Pettis is our special guest uh, this week on the 16-Bit Gladiators. That's right. This is our video game-themed podcast right here on the Next Wave Radio Network, where we come together every week, a uh, different selection of uh, peeps to talk about uh, video games, some old, some new, uh, some borrowed, and some blue. Right? Oh, my God. So, oh my God. <laughs> you know, that'll be an uh, upcoming episode where we'll, uh, we'll theme it around weddings. Video games about the weddings. wedding anniversary. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, there you go. Yes, it does. There it is. Yep. Yep. All right. So stay tuned for that. But for now, uh, we are here to talk about uh, superhero games. That is the theme on this week's episode. The topic came about because uh, Gerald, our guest, uh, who I should mention is uh, an old buddy of mine from high school, uh, you were up uh, in town a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we got together. Yeah, old, old. Look at us all. A, a grade. grade school, sir. Grade Look, school. That's <laughs> true. That is true. I was I wasn't trying to uh, date it, but yeah, we've uh, we've known each other the majority of our lives. One thing I found out about you, uh, I, I knew you used to play video games. We played video games back in the day. Uh, if you listen to our Star Wars uh, episode where we talked about all Star Wars games a few months back for uh, May the Fourth. I talked about uh, playing uh, X-Wing and TIE Fighter, those old PC games, uh, at one of my buddies' house back in high school. And Gerald was that buddy. Uh, uh, It was actually my older brother. He's the one that would put together the computers with those. You had to load like those those three-inch floppy disks. Mm -hmm. You had to load five of those in a row (laughs) just to get the game started. So it was like a half hour of just waiting to get the game started. Yeah, uh, the DOS commands and the boot disk. Yep, you know it. Oh, Ro- Rose tinted glasses, though, when it comes to because I, I forget about that. I just remember the glorious times playing Star Wars over there. But didn't realize you were uh, still playing games today until uh, we met a couple of weeks ago. And uh, you told me you were uh, about to jump into Mass Effect again, or you, you had jumped into Mass Effect, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was a big Mass Effect uh, nerd when that one first came out, for sure. And, okay. you know, the Legacy Edition just came out, and mm-hmm. there was nothing else crazy that was out there. And I was telling Joel, like, I didn't start playing Mass Effect until Mass Effect 2 came out. And I played Ooh. that on the Xbox. And then my wife bought me a PlayStation 3 some years later. So part three, I ended up playing on the PlayStation instead. So I never had that continuity with the story because you know how you can carry it over yeah, and shit mm-hmm. like that, right? So this is actually the first time I'm playing part one. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to carry the story all the way through to the nice. very end this time around. Oh so, yeah, it's going to be a very different experience. I've it's... never driven that Mako before until oh, God, I just started playing this thing. It's so it's bad. So bad. <laughs> it's so bad. There are so many things. Like, as you play through Mass Effect 1, like, it's still a good game, especially when it first came out. Yes. Like, it was just revolutionary. And still, like, what it put in place for to, that 2 and 3 built off of, it's just amazing. It's like nothing that I'd played before. But, like, one is so janky, and, like, the mm-hmm. combat is so fucking weird. Uh, like, they try to make you think it's a shooter, but there's still, like, RPG, like, percentage elements on, like, oh, yeah. whether or not you hit I, people. I dig like, that. Yeah. yeah, you like that? Oh, I like that. Because I'm a, I was a huge fan. It's very much in that vein of uh, Knights of the Old Republic, where, like, mm-hmm. combat starts, pause, like... 
what do you want to do and yeah, take yeah. your time to figure out how are you going to do your next three moves in a row kind of thing. Uh -huh. I really dig that kind of stuff. A lot. I like that turn-based kind of thing. Right. And so it, for me, it was kind of jarring because it looked like it was active. Like the way that it was presented, it seemed like an active time kind of combat thing. But for it to be turn-based, where Knights of the Old Republic kind of had a a more traditional style when it approached the bat, the combat and mm -hmm. stuff. So I guess it didn't it didn't bother me as much. But with that first Mass Effect, man, that 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 killed me. I mean, that said, Bioware still like I can't I can't think of a game that Bioware has just completely tanked. Like I love Jade Empire. Uh, I I've dug Dragon Quest or what is it Dragon Quest? Not Dragon, Dragon Quest. Quest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah those are great. <laughs> oh man, Dragon what? Age. Dragon, Dragon Age. Age. Dragon Age. I'm sorry. Yes, is, you're yeah. right. Dragon Age, Dragon such Age. great games. Like those are so great. It, yeah, you know, as much you guys were talking about open world games and stuff the other day, it got me thinking. Like, are these open world games? And like, what's the definition of it? You guys were talking about that. I'm like, I finally boiled it down. I'm like, if you cannot jump, then you are no longer in an open world game. That's yes. more of like a a story driven game, which is very much like Mass Effect. That's one of the things you can't do. You can't jump, Interesting. and then you just kind of walk it around and do exploring, solving problems. And then when you get into combat, it's like you can choose to pause, or you can just say, "I'm just going to go for it and let's yeah. see what happens," kind of thing. But I'll tell you what, man, you you get to choose who to fuck. So there's something <laughs> kind of open worldy about that. Love being a I mean, lesbian in that game every single time. Uh, Mario, <laughs> I mean Mario can jump. But Mario never humps. You know what I'm well, saying? I don't so, know. We don't know what happens uh, after he rescues that princess. Come over some, for some cake, Mario. When you squat, yeah. When you squat behind that red block and you fall behind it, you don't know what's going on. Back that's there. right. Yeah, hidden from eyes. But that's, that's a whole other on. episode. That's what Mario is missing. <laughs> Luigi's trying to find Mario. Mario's just trying to get his dick wet. <laughs> that's where he is. Trying to get that one up. <laughs> oh my God! Mike drop. Well, I can't wait to talk more about that on our uh, special sexually charged episode of 16 Big Gladiators when we do uh, on sex a very and... special 16 Big exactly. Gladiators. Uh, but week... in pregnant <laughs> NC 16 Big Gladiators. Well, uh, you know what? We'll NC 17. Bit. Wow, I love that. That's fantastic. Good. That's you solid know, gold. That'll right be there. the follow up to our uh, wedding video games episode because that's what happens <laughs> after. And then babies. Two-parter. Right. Mm. We'll, we'll just go through the whole life cycle. Yeah. Whole episode of Baby Pac-Man and yes. Yoshi's Island. Exactly. Yeah, there's no this. divorce games. No. <laughs> Leisure Shoot Larry, did that have any of that? Maybe. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about this week. This week, uh, to get us back on track, uh, we are talking about Marvel games. and the, Well, the superhero games. It started off as Marvel games, thanks to our guest, Gerald. Because I was like, hey, man, you're into video games. I do this video game podcast. You've listened to it. Let's have you on. Uh, we'll talk about some video games. Throw out a topic that you think, uh, you know, you have something to share. Uh, you know, we have an ongoing list. And he came back with, uh, well, what about Marvel video games? And I was like, yes, fucking, that's it. But then as uh, we started doing a little research, realized uh, there aren't that many. There are simultaneously not a lot and also way too many. Marvel games that nobody knows about. Uh, so we're opening it up oh to uh, to superhero yeah. games. So that is wow. our topic this week uh, on the 16-Bit Gladiators. You can uh, follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, 16-Bit Gladiators. Also on Twitter, you can find us there, at 16-Bit Gladiators. And if you can't remember that, all you need to remember is 16bitgladiators.com because we've got uh, links to all of our social media accounts there as well as uh, episodes. You can play right there and subscribe right there on 16bitgladiators.com. 
Uh, all right, well, rounding out the cadre today, along with Gerald, we've got uh, serial, <laughs> serial uh, podcaster serial what? Jason Jasinski <laughs> oh. joining us once again. He's been on quite a few times. You're almost a regular. Almost. And, and Thank mo- you for having me. And mostly regular, uh, Joe Cucinati joining us again. Hello, Joe. Hey. Hi. And uh, he, along with myself, Joel, uh, we're going to be talking about some superhero games. But as I mentioned, uh, our new guest... And, Gerald, what we usually like to do when we have a, a new guest is uh, have us tell them a little bit of their history with video games, how you came to love them, and uh, why you're still playing them today. Give us a little bit of your background. Yeah, I know you've kind of started Show already. Show us on the doll where video games has touched you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, let's go back to the very first video game I ever played. We had one. We had an Atari system like when it first came out, the 2600 and yes. stuff like that. And, of course, it was the Pizza Hut that had the mini arcade on the inside of it playing that Star Wars uh, uh, fighter pilot thing, like, every single day. So, like, that was video games for me. Growing up in the summers is, like, we have the Nintendo. Like, we would always get the newest console the year after it came out. Consistently. Every single year. And then, of course, all of my friends around the around the neighborhood, like, let's go play ball. Let's go ride bikes. I'm like, I got to finish Mario 2, like, today. <laughs> that I needs to happen. I'm sorry. Yeah. I realize how my pale complexion throws you off thinking I go outside <laughs> all the time. Um, and that's why yeah, we're what? friends. All those kids? All those kids got skin cancer. That's right. And look at you. Look at you. They you're a survivor. They did, I'm sure. <laughs> I did survive by uh, the survival skills that I learned from playing video games my entire life, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. I was. I guess I was a huge Nintendo fan growing up. Slowly started moving over to the new consoles, like in the late 2000s. I never had a PlayStation 1 yep. or a PlayStation 2, but I moved straight into like Xbox uh back and forth between that and playstation and at this point i think we still just have the xbox uh one in the living room it's a little bit harder to play the console games these days so it's always like my console games are my weekend you know mm-hmm. adventure basically yep. yeah. but the the main console is like our main like oh that's how we watch disney plus and hulu like that's on exactly. tv nice. so at kid? this point it's like no, no kids, no kids at all. So no kids. Okay. I don't have to wrestle over who gets to watch what on the TV, other than you know we're watching Parks and Rec all day long, yeah. pretty much kind of thing. You could watch, <laughs> but now things. it's a lot of um, mobile games more than anything else. Like really? I like, I'm really digging on mobile games more because it's right in front of you. It's fast to boot up. I can do that for 15 minutes in between teaching classes and stuff like that, and then just jump right into it. Or while we're watching something on TV, I'm not really interested in all that much. I can just bust out the mobile game, and just go for it. Nice. Now we're not talking Candy Crush, probably, right? No, no. Actually, it's in the vein of what we're talking about today. Like my number Ooh. one game on that I'm playing more than anything else is a game called Mar- Marvel Strike Force on uh, on the mobile app, and it's yeah. very much a uh, turn based. You know, you get a team of five that always goes up against another team of five or another team of ten or twenty. You build up your characters over the years, and then it kind of always plays along with what's happening in the MCU right now because Ooh. there's probably something going on in the game at the same time. Smart so synergy. everything has been low-key recently and all that kind of stuff. And I've been playing that one for like three years now. And it's just like, you, you as soon as you think you're done with it, like, oh, this new character, oh, Colin, Colleen Wing just came out. Like, <laughs> oh, great, this is going to be a great next three months and stuff like that. So that's super fun. That keeps me entertained pretty much on a daily basis. My wife asked me, how are you still playing that game after three years? I'm like, well, I just downloaded these, or I just got these new characters that came out. Yeah. And it's tying in with the uh, the Disney Plus series that's over right now. Absolutely. Why would you stop? It's life. 
It doesn't end. Yeah. Uh, well, well, this is starting. If, if to... you quit, you'll never know what happened. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, it's, it's becoming clear then why uh, you chose Marvel Games uh, as the uh, topic for this week. But, uh, yeah, a little more background. What, what was it that made you come up with, uh, with uh, the, the topic of Marvel Games? Oh, you know, I, so I've been listening to y'all's other podcasts about movies for a long time, and I realized that it was kind of like this merger between that and 8-bit gladiators became 16-bit gladiators. Yeah. And talking to you about it last time, too, I was like, oh, yeah, you still do the cast. And I've been listening to some shows recently to see what you guys have been doing. I missed out on all the great ones. I missed the Mario ones. I missed the Star Wars ones. <laughs> it's okay. You oh, and everybody and else. You were Don't talking worry. About... <laughs> right. You guys were talking about the racing games last week, and I was like, I don't think I'd have a lot of input there. Uh, let me throw some random stuff at you to like, give you ideas. And uh, I think the first one I threw out is like, you guys should do a show about the, what was it, Nintendo versus Xbox yeah. versus PlayStation exclusives that you could only get on those systems. Mm-hmm. And then like I was like, oh, Marvel games. And I was like, no, I'll stop. I'm going to stop talking now. Like, you do your own <laughs> thing, man. And then that's how that kind of came about for today. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm glad it did, and here we are to talk about Marvel and other uh, superhero games. So we're going to open it up to, to DC. I'm sure we'll get to a lot of those. Yeah, you can't talk about great video games without yes. mentioning a couple of DC titles. Well, then, Joe, yeah. uh, since you've led us there, uh, why don't you why don't you kick things off with a DC title? Well, okay, so originally I thought we were just doing Marvel games, <laughs> so I was working through like all my Marvel stuff. So just in the past ten minutes, uh, I had to I had to add a couple of titles. Uh, to the yeah. list, and you can't talk about great video games, past, present, and or future, without talking about the Batman Arkham series. Yeah, man. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. Those, those three are some of the the bat. Like there's there's like Arkham Origins too, which I guess you can kind of throw in there as well. But yeah, exactly. Like Gerald's doing the eh thing. Yeah. Uh, but but the main three. Those are some of the strongest video games. Like, just it—it it could be another character completely. It doesn't have to be Batman, right. but the fact that it is it Batman helps. just elevates it. And that you've got Kevin Conroy doing the voice for Batman. So you've got good. Mark Hamill in there Mark doing Hamill. the Joker. Oh my! Paul God. Dini's doing the writing, right, for the first couple. Paul of Dini doing the writing, and like, and how true it is, how faithful it is, not only to like the Batman mythos from like classic comics, but the way that they're bringing in like a lot of the modern stuff as well, like. There are, there are different titles. You you know this, Joel. I think with comic books, for the most part, you've got different titles. And sometimes this version of Batman in this title isn't exactly the same version as the Batman in this title that you're reading. Yeah. But they kind of, in the Arkham series, they kind of were able to like take all of what was great about all these different iterations and put it into these games, into like one continuous story. And holy crap, like, it just gets better and better, keeps topping itself. Uh, and I haven't, I mean, it's kind of on me. I haven't researched much about it since then. But, yeah, dude, this, I mean, it looked great. I, I can't wait for the next one. And Batman Arkham City, I believe it was Arkham City. No, it was Arkham Knight. Will always be kind of infamous with us here in this house uh, because I was playing it when my wife went into labor and mm. we, we had our first <laughs> child. I'm playing, wow. I'm playing Arkham Knight and my wife is sitting there talking to her sister in the bedroom and I start hearing like talk about like water breaking and I, I end up pausing the game. I'm like, hey, uh, is there something going on? <laughs> yeah, that's, that was when Harper was born. I'm noticing a theme with you, Joe, that uh, it seems like all your major life events also have uh, video games associated with it and it's usually like 
I was interrupted from playing X game because life happened. <laughs> because a huge life event took place. Kudos to you for pausing the game at that point. Yeah, it's, it takes, it's, it's a big man who can do that, Joe. Real well, culture. I'll tell you, it, it, uh, that, that game kind of became the bane of, I think. I see what you did there. Thank you. Um, because like, there's there's my wife taking care of the baby, like mm-hmm. you know, doing like nursing the kid and like changing, taking like really like going in full tilt on being like primary caregiver, and I'm like, well, I gotta still finish this game, babe. So <laughs> if you want to just set the baby down in my lap and she could like just sit yeah. here while I'm playing the game. Well, you can't press me. I wasn't her. a good first time father. I was not a good first time father, <laughs> and so as many great memories as I have of Arkham. Sometimes I have those little reminders too, where I was like, "Oh, I've had a lot of growing up to do." I was say, remind me of that game. It's been a while since I played it, but I want to say the first one was actually in the asylum, and then when yep. you get to the second game, it's more of that open world experience awesome. where all of the yeah. criminals have left, and you've got to like rally them all together. Yeah, right. Well, that, that's how that went, yeah. right? Yeah, when introduced the Batmobile. Arkham- Arkham Knight, uh, well, it kind of introduced the Bat. You really don't drive the Batmobile until Arkham Knight. Is it Knight? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because that's when the city's kind of open. In in Arkham City, it starts off where you're Bruce Wayne and you get like the criminals have taken over. Like they've it's almost like Escape from New York where they've cordoned mm-hmm. off a part of Gotham City yes. and they've just kind of made that the prison. And yeah. Bruce Wayne gets kidnapped and sent into the prison part of the city and you kind of like the first part is you escaping and then like finding your 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 like your kind of bat cave or whatever, like you get your suit and whatever, mm-hmm. and then from there it's you trying to figure out like where to go. And a lot of it uh, was you using your zip line and mm-hmm. like kind of hovering around. Uh, it wasn't until Arkham Knight where yeah, you got the Batmobile and uh, bro just drive racing from location to location, and that like being able to eject yourself out of the Batmobile while it's still driving and like That's right take other parts. Oh, dude, it's. Like it's so hard to feel like you're Batman by just holding a controller in your hand, but they did a good job. It came pretty close. What was really great about that game too was I had never never played a game where it wasn't like just full on action the whole time because you had to like creep up on top of this gargoyle and like pin down, plan out your attack and mm-hmm. decide exactly what you're going to do and then launch and go for it. It was just so different than any other uh, game I had played before I hit yes. that one for the first time. Oh yeah. A great, a great bit of challenge. You know, they, they had uh, some scenarios where you couldn't get spotted. Like you had to take people out stealth style. And if you took people out stealth style, uh, I know they did this a lot in the first one where you could like, up the fear factor of like the bad guys that's and, right like, if you scare them they would act carelessly or something and uh and you could kind of use that to your advantage uh it, it was bro it's so many great mechanics and like i said they kept revolutionizing and like one upping itself every time mm-hmm. jason have you played any of these uh let's see i played uh arkham asylum and arkham knight i do remember the batarang challenges and mm. in, in one of those that were just those are uh, tough some of those were just ridiculous <laughs> yeah mean, kill just, me right now <laughs> stupid um but you know you got to do them to get 100% <laughs> uh, yeah well that, that's a good way to kick things off then so we've had a marvel game we've had uh some of the best dc games uh jason i want to kick things over to you uh kick us off with a with a superhero game man well and i'm i'm kind of tossed up if this is a superhero game but i really Uh-oh. enjoyed it it was it was the prototype series um absolutely where, 
Yeah. 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 You, you basically you you had these superpowers, uh, and it was kind of open world, and you had to go, um, uh, you know, basically battle aliens while you were doing all of this other stuff. It was it was really good. They were um, uh, they were two really good games. Uh, yeah. It would have been nice if they would have done a third or some type of you know continued on with that series. I think it would have been pretty good. Hmm. I like what what they did. I believe Prototype did that um, that thing that Bioware does, where there's kind of like a morality system too. So you can uh, kind of have a uh, like a yes. darker timeline, or if you wanted to be like the super heroic, you could have that kind of the light timeline as well. Uh, right. I, I always love when games can do that. Which way do you go, Joe? Yeah. You go dark. Uh, I end. I do heroic first, the mm. first time out. Yeah, the right way. Because right. it's usually the more challenging way is to to try to do things the right way, and then like. To be to be evil to go the dark way. That's usually like doing all the easy stuff. Oh, really? And, uh, the, yeah, there was not to like jump and like take another turn, but um, there was a game called Spider-Man: Web of Shadows hmm. that played out a lot like that. Where if you were, you know, it, there was this whole like Venom story that was going on, and if you like succumbed to Venom to like let that be a part of you, the city started to get like taken over by the the, the symbiote, uh, and. And, like, heroes, other heroes that you would encounter, like Wolverine, would end up having, like, the symbiote as part of him. And it was a little bit easier to get through the game that way. Uh, and the first time I played it, I did it, like, the heroic way, though, mm -hmm. and, like, saved the city. But to be able to go back, like, for a game to give you that, that replayability, like Prototype does, where you could go back and, like, enjoy the game, but playing it a different way, I think that's cool. That That's, that's something that I, I love to see, and I think it's really creative, and I... I uh, doff my cap at the programmers <laughs> that do that. Uh, all right, I'm going to move along to uh, my list. I have yet to uh, talk about a Marvel game. Uh, I'm going to take things into the arcade, way back to that Pizza Hut, Gerald, that you mentioned uh, in Bebel, Texas, because when that uh, X-Men arcade game was released, <laughs> X -Men. we got that six-player version, and I pumped so many quarters in that X-Men game. Like That was the perfect time because I was, I think the cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoon had been out by then, right? So I was yeah. kind of discovering X-Men yes. backwards. Yeah. I kind of discovered mm -hmm. the Saturday morning cartoon first and then the video game and then got around to but reading the But the video comics. game wasn't based on the Saturday morning cartoon. No, no. It was no, based but... on the one shot that they had put out called Pride of the X-Men, mm. um, but, but it wasn't based on the, the ongoing series. Right, but the art style, I could feel like, kind of still was somewhere in between. No, no? Joe Shaker. Yeah, but the art style really came from the comics at that time, really. If you kind of look back at that kind of stuff, that's where the source material is really coming from, but... Uh, what you were saying, Joe, like I, I didn't even know that was the case. I thought it was directly tied within the cartoon, yeah. because of the look of it. Exactly. We've done a whole episode on on co op games, uh, and yeah, I love me an arcade four player co op game. And when they said there was going to be a six player arcade game that uses now, if you've never seen this in the wild, um, the the thing is mammoth <laughs> because you've got to have yes. room for six joysticks. But also, they did a cool thing. Um, they did like a fake widescreen, and this was before LCDs, before flat screens. So there's these huge CRT tube uh, monitors, but you couldn't get them side by side in order for it to line up for there to be a seamless, you know, uh, a split down the middle. So they did something really ingenious. They put the second CRT in the cabinet, or like, you know, laying down, like, in the, where the joysticks are, right? And then how they did it with, like, a mirror that would uh, reflect the image. Oh, up man. So that you could have... Yeah. You're striking some memories. <laughs> this super wide. Do you remember that? And, uh, yeah, you could, you could like, yeah. lean over and look inside. You could see that second monitor sitting there. 
uh, projecting that. It's other almost one. like those old TVs where it had like the the blue, green, and yellow yeah. project that would shine the lights up the screen. Exactly. Right? It was kind of that thing. Exactly. But, but yeah, it was yeah a- standing next to each other and like slamming on those joysticks. Yep. It was just it was the best. Game. If you could get in line to play that game at the mall. Like you were a lucky person that day mm-hmm. because otherwise you're going to be standing there with your quarters in your pocket for an hour waiting for these jackasses to get out of the way. <laughs> uh, who did I? I think I was. Uh, I think Storm was my was my girl because uh, she had a a nice combination between reach and I liked her little mutant move where she would just kind of wipe out everybody on screen. Uh, Joe, I know you were a Wolverine fan, right, Bub? Of course, yes, yeah. <laughs> and and I think that translated into the TMNT game too because I was always a Raphael guy. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you get close in and scrappy. I think I was, I think I was always defaulted as Colossus for no particular reason. I didn't even know who Colossus was at that point, but I knew he was the big dude that could destroy everything pretty much. Yeah, he looked cool, but he was arguably the worst character in that game. Lowest for <laughs> sure, <laughs> no doubt about it. Jason, you ever play the uh, X Men arcade game? You ever seen that? Yes, uh, the X Men arcade game and the Avengers arcade game. Captain America uh, and the Avengers, yeah. That's yep. right. Uh, it was another four player yeah. one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yeah. I don't think that was ever a six player. I don't no. think they did that. No, but it was. Avengers, uh, but... But it was Hawkeye, Iron Man, Captain yeah, America. Vision. A Vision yep. was one of the characters. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, uh, let's not forget the Punisher one, where it was a two-player. It was Punisher and Nick Fury. No, it was an arcade game. Old yep. school. Yes, yeah. sir. What was that? I don't never saw that I one. Never saw that either. Yeah, that they, was, um, yeah. It was called the Punisher. It was Capcom, was, right? Yes, that's right. Oh man, of course. Huh. All right. Well, there's my entry, uh, Gerald. Since you're our guest, we're gonna go back around to you. What do you got next on your list of superhero video games? Oh man, I'm looking at all the data I got in front of me. Like I was looking <laughs> at the just the Marvel stuff before, and there was something like 162 Marvel games that yeah. came out, and like. What is it? Forty-three crossover games and thirty-six Spider-Man games oh, and all God, that junk. Yeah, there's just so many. Like the whole idea about the whole like Marvel thing was like, oh, there's so many bad games out there right now, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the Marvel, uh, the Marvel universe with video games. So it's like the ups and downs. But I think the biggest, like the high for me, was when uh, X-Men Legends started coming out on the on the consoles at home, mm-hmm. like. That style of game, I don't know if you'd call it a dungeon crawler necessarily, but you're building up your characters and you kind of have that bird's eye view of what's going on. And um, it was just really fun to get that co-op with like four players at the same time, mm-hmm. all going after the same win, the same battles, and then teaming up with each other. You got all the best characters and it was just a really good time like in my history because... I didn't discover it until a couple years later. And by the time I discovered it, you had already had X-Men legends had come out part two at this, you know, right. A couple years afterwards mm-hmm. oh, yeah. leading right into ultimate Alliance. And mm-hmm. the great part about like all of those games, they're all around the same time, same kind of style of yeah. game. But when I got together with my, uh, my, my wife, who is my wife now, when we first started seeing each other, Within a few months, she had broken her ankle, and it was at the very beginning of the summer as well. Uh, so, like pool time and going to the river and all that stuff was out of the question. And one of our really good friends who had a little bit of money, like, "Oh, I'm sorry this happened." You, me, my wife, we bought. They bought her an Xbox, like a brand new wow. Xbox. Xbox, um, uh, not what came before the one. It was the uh, 360. 360 yeah it was a 360, and then we would just buy all those games all summer long again, just to getting 
to know each other finally and like you can't do much of anything he was sitting in front of the couch and playing these games like over and over and over and over and over and over (laughs) but i just really love the style of that game where you get to build on the characters you get to develop their skills you got to switch out costumes like Mm -hmm. you can go wolverine old school style Mm -hmm. with the yellow or you could switch it up to where he's just like in jeans no mask on and all that kind of stuff as well and just like going at it in that co-op style i cannot get over like co-op games are so hard to find these days oh, yeah. good ones anyway so True. it was really nice to have and you would get bonuses if you were able to put together like obscure teams from the marvel comics oh, really? line. like yep I, I would play with hulk ghost rider spider-man and wolverine and get the new fantastic four bonus oh that's awesome uh, all the oh time yeah that's a good it was, call <laughs> it was it was so great like that that diablo style and and i think it does count as like a, a dungeon crawler but like the the way that they open things up and know that they planted that seed with x-men legends which had kind of a weak story but it was like it was something so new for superhero games and it worked you know that's what people like about superheroes too is that that team aspect and so then with x-men legends too they kind of they they dove deeper into that aesthetic and like let you now create teams with villains and heroes uh and then you know obviously ultimate alliance was that next logical step with ultimate alliance 2 just being like just amazing like these games never got, it was almost like the arkham series where like there was never a dud until at least for me ultimate alliance 3 yeah, that I've just came that. out like that that game has been just, it was a stinker. Now, it why was, is that? It really was. Where did it, it go took, wrong? I think it's because it, was, it went straight to Nintendo. Like, Nintendo mm-hmm. bought the rights to it or something. You couldn't Square, get it across Square platforms. Enix. It was Square, yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was very, like, it was felt very condensed. And the yep. storyline wasn't there. It's so narrow. The graphics were okay, right. but it didn't have the same kind of feel to it. Yep. It just felt cheap. That's the only word I could use. There it was felt no, cheap. Yeah, whereas Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, there was this, like, never-ending feeling of, like, replayability, getting a new team and going into this this location and, like, fighting your way through and, and seeing, like, how the story plays out. This one, Ultimate Alliance 3, was so linear and so narrow in mm-hmm. scope that... It just wasn't fun. By the time I was done with it, I was done with it. I, I didn't even want to come back. <laughs> yeah, I tried picking it up again recently, and I still can't quite get into it. And then mm-hmm. the other part of it, like you've got these different storylines that go along with each game. Part three was all about the Black Order and the the Infinity Gauntlet and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but just a very different perspective on that whole story that you just yeah. wonderfully got from the MCU. So it just didn't fit at all. It's really tough to to dig into that one and enjoy it. But to get into like the self-eating snake that is the MCU and their different video game properties, with Ultimate Alliance, you got those combination attacks. Like if you had Iron Man and Captain America on a team, you would have that attack where Iron shield. Man would shoot Cap's shield and then Cap would awesome. deflect the thing. And you like for, for Joss Whedon to bring that into that first Avengers movie, like that was a real treat as a fan of the games and as the, of the comics, like mm-hmm. seeing them throw those things in there. That's nice. I guess it didn't work so much for me with three where they took the stuff from the movies and then put it in the games. I kind of felt like I'd already seen this. I, I already watched this play out. <laughs> Yeah, not to go too deep on a tangent, all that stuff too, but you know, I didn't read the comics growing up. Like right. I grew up on the cartoon series, and it was mostly the video games that got me into it. Mm-hmm. And so, like when you're talking about Ultimate Alliance, uh, you know, that's where you, you learn about Civil War and the mm-hmm. Secret Avengers and the, that whole 
storyline, I was introduced to that way before even Iron Man came out, the first mm-hmm. Iron Man MCU. I kind of already knew what was happening without having to read the comics. Mm-hmm. And then if you do go back and read the comics, you see all the layers Fleshes that are built out. within the games, within the books, and then within the MCU as well. It's just well done altogether, except for that last one. Except for that last one. Too I, don't want to, I don't want to crush it too bad, but I still own that thing. <laughs> yeah, it's been crushed, Same. I think, by uh, by reviewers before, so you're not the first. It won't be the last. Uh, well, I will not change my plans to not play that game then, so thank you both <laughs> for uh, your reviews. Uh, well, Joe, since you kind of double-dipped a little bit earlier, uh, we haven't heard much from Jason. I'm going to kick it back to you. No, we'll get to you sure. soon enough. Just wait. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get Jason uh, to talk about a superhero video game. What say you, sir? Um, you know the Spider-Man series? Yeah. Now, uh, which ones? I, I the, know of the, it. The, the open world Spider-Man series. Mm-hmm. I think they they did a very good job with. Um, I didn't play uh, the Miles Morales one. Yeah, I have yet to play that. But, uh, you know, I think the, the last one that had come out. Yeah. Uh, that was nice and open world and you know you could do missions in whatever order and you got all the spider suits and all that yeah uh, that I, I think I think those are incredibly fun when they're done right oh that um, that PlayStation spider-man game you're talking about from from 2018 like it's better yes. than 50% of the Spider-Man movies, I would say. Yeah. Just the story. Yeah. And it's so great. And, and yes. we've, t- we've talked about this in video games before, um, that they're not better than movies in a certain way, but they allow you to do things from a storytelling standpoint that movies aren't allowed because they have to be self-contained within two and a half hours, generally. Uh, you can get away with things with sequels. But these long-form games really feel like like TV series, you know, like, like a, a season of television. You're getting all these character arcs, and you're getting to build a relationships uh but then you're also getting to play a kick-ass game with it um i, I just love what they did with the story we're, we're still not quite through with it but uh i kind of know how it ends i've had some spoilers uh but i am waiting to to get through this one so that we can start miles morales because that looks mm-hmm. just as amazing and i think it's getting just as good reviews oh, it's right so good. Yeah. it's so good i think the only thing that the only thing that's turned off any but any negativity i've seen about miles morales is people like upset that it isn't exactly the same visual style as Into the Spider Verse, which is great. Like it was never going that to be, be that. cool, but it would no. You couldn't do that There's with no a way. game. Are you kidding me? Like that would that would just be ridiculous. And like so much time, but not saying that they can't do it. But right now, like just just take it easy, man. Like let this be its own thing because it's amazing. It's it's taken everything from Spider Man, the 2018 Spider Man, mm-hmm. and it just expands on it it's so much better uh oh, I think and it's better. I, I think it's better i think the wow. miles morales character plays better than peter parker in the previous game interesting wow high praise yeah. there because i i really was impressed with the uh the the voice acting and the, the motion capture sure. in that first one well and a lot of it is still back in miles morales i just find that miles morales at least at this point in my life at 43 I find Miles Morales to be a much more compelling character. Yeah, more interesting. And that's probably because I've known Peter Parker Our for whole lives. years of my life. Exactly. No, that's a good point. But as far as like, and this is kind of a, a wider question, like what are you looking for in a, in a superhero game? What makes a good superhero game? Obviously the gameplay has to be enjoyable, uh, but it has to elicit uh, that feeling that you would get from watching the cartoon or playing the, or reading yeah. the comic books. Uh, and You've so, got it. you got to get that escapist feeling that yeah. you're actually experiencing this person's power like yeah that's that's what people want they want that fantasy and i think one of the 
one of the the worst things you could do with a superhero game is have a superhero game where like you get punished for using the powers like if that makes any sense and 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 I, I can get into that later but there there are a few games that they kind of punish you for being yeah. like for for wanting to be that superhero is that a punisher game that you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> ironically no, uh, no. Uh, but uh, but but yeah. Just on top of that, the games has to be like true to to the character as well. Um, uh-huh. And yes. and sometimes they miss the mark. But I think that Spider Man, he's he's one of the best uh, incarnations of of Peter Parker. I think in any media. Oh yeah, yeah. Love that guy. All right. Well, looking forward to playing uh, Miles Morales then when that comes around. Uh, who was that? Was that you, Jason? That was you. So we'll move now, Joe. I will uh, pass the baton to you. You allow me. Yes. I mean, okay. So <laughs> I, I have a question. You asked your question, what makes mm. a good superhero game? Yep. Uh, what's the first superhero game you played? Mm. I mean, I know we do our list of like best and worst, but like, what's the first one? Superman? Uh, Superman? Yeah. Which, For the Atari 2600? Uh, yeah, on the Atari. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I used to man. play that. You just brought back a memory that I have not thought about I in have... probably 20 years. Yes. That's insane. Because we've repressed it because of how bad it is. <laughs> It actually wasn't that bad. It, yeah. it was a it, it was an Atari game. Like, yeah, what are you yeah. gonna do? Exactly. It was it was what they could do at the time and take your money for. <laughs> yeah. So the story of the Atari twenty six hundred Superman was like it starts off and you're Clark Kent and you have to walk to the right yep. to watch a bunch of villains explode a bridge and then you go back to the phone booth, turn into Superman, and so like the point of the game is that you have to like get all of the bad guys, take them to jail, and then get all the pieces of the bridge and to where they where they belong. Now, meanwhile, while you're putting the pieces of the bridge back together, a helicopter will keep coming over yep. and, like, taking the pieces away. And so you've got to, like, you could take the helicopter and go away, and uh, if you start getting hurt, like, if you hit kryptonite, you have to walk around. You can't fly until you find Lois Lane. And if Lois Lane kisses you, then you get your powers back. It's so convoluted yes. and ridiculous, but... Like, I remember playing that game for so long, and it was so funny that Jason named that, because that was absolutely the very first superhero game I That's ever played. That's your first one? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you definitely remember a whole lot more than I do. <laughs> well, the reason the reason I remember, Jason, is because just recently I picked up this um, this handheld Atari, uh, and it's so cool. It's got, like, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got uh, the I wood grain you. finish and stuff, yeah. uh, and you're, you can load up your own ROMs on this thing, and I, I grabbed a whole bunch of ROMs, and one of them was Superman. That I, I mean, I just played through it like four days ago. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, uh, the, uh, the old Spider Man on the 2600. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, looking at images from that uh, Superman, he kind of looks like Spider Man because uh, he's just, <laughs> he's red and blue. I mean, he's flying around, but uh, there's you no. It's not just a dot. It, it's it's yeah. four dots. Can you believe that? Just the graphics <laughs> on this thing. But yeah, the color I, I'm gonna put. I'll put it like this though. Mm-hmm. I think the the 2600 Superman I think is greater than the NES Superman <laughs> any day of the week. Yeah, and, they, and then they got progressively worse because that new N64 the, the Superman one. Oh. is fucking just notorious for being one of the worst. Not not even one of the worst it's N64 unplayable. games. Unplayable. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know what the story behind that is, but I can only imagine it was rushed into production. They got the license. Um, I mean, it was it was in the early days of kind of 3D home console gaming, um, and Mario and Zelda just made it look so easy. 
And then mm-hmm. we were, so your expectations are already set. And then here comes this hunk of shit. Seriously, how are you going to make a game where a plumber with a cap with wings on it flies more naturally well, than Superman. the Man of Steel? I know. He didn't <laughs> even have a cape, Mario. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, no, he uh, had a raccoon tail butt plug. <laughs> the raccoon, raccoon tail butt plug. <laughs> I don't know how he made that thing wiggle, but he did a great job. Yeah, man. Man, he made the, it, it was the Mario twerk. Is, <laughs> is what it was. That's, that's how he got it to spin. Oh, my God. Practice his kegels. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I, I did play that Superman 2600. I kind of forgot about that. So I guess technically that was my first. But um, the mm. one that, that jumped out at me, not to go back to Batman, but that NES Batman. Um, Amazing. Or, or, again, around the same time that the 85 movie came out. Was it 85? 88? So good. Yeah. 80, 88. 88. 89. Yeah. It was Batman 89. 89. There you go. Um, and here's this NES game to go along right with it. Uh, I don't really think it followed the movie too closely, loose, loosely, it, yeah. very loosely. But uh, it was basically it was kind of like Ninja Gaiden, except with Batman. Uh, and I was there for it, man. I loved the play mechanics. It was really tight. Uh, the music, the, oh, music. the music, was amazing. That's right for an NES game. Uh, so that that's probably my first real uh, superhero video game. Gerald, did we get yours? Uh, you know, going back to it, like I'm thinking that I did play that fucking gross ass Spider-Man game where you were going up those, (laughs) like it was all about like you're on a building basically. And rather than crawling up the building, you're just kind of like shooting your webs to kind of go up and Mm -hmm. something's going to knock you over at one point. But I ended up watching a video about it the other day. I was like, Oh, I kind of wish I had not watched the video because (laughs) I think I drank that, those memories to death and it just came right back (laughs) up. So it's pretty terrible. And Again, with the Atari, like it was not classy at all, especially with that joystick yeah. and the one little button and things mm-hmm. like that. It's oh, yeah. Pretty terrible game. I hear that that one's worse than the E.T. game, but mm. I don't have a lot of fond memories of those either way. <laughs> Spider-Man works better in 3D, I think, anyway. I, I, I think you're right. We're, right. we're so spoiled by these, but like that's what you want to do as Spider-Man. So yeah. You know, with the Spider-Man stuff, too, Like I will be honest, I have never been a huge Spider-Man fan. I might be like the one... I'm like that guy that's going to be like, don't come and sit at our table if you don't like Spider-Man. <laughs> I didn't know Jack about it, but like kind of doing some research leading up to today, I realized that I'm missing out on all these fucking great Spider-Man games that are yeah. all over the place, especially when you get into the 3D world. And mm-hmm. I keep hearing the one that was the one that came out like three, two or three years yeah, ago. That's, uh, the one. that's like one of the best that ever it's came so out. Great. It really makes me want to go dive into those kinds of things. Yeah. It takes the like, all the cool open world that they started doing in the Spider-Man 2 game uh, and that they've been building on ever since then. And it's like they they kind of tied in the one thing that Spider-Man games were missing, and it was that, that fight mechanic from Arkham Asylum and mm-hmm. Arkham City that, like, you could take on, like, eight, nine different guys at the same time and have kind of, like, the Spidey sense where you can counter, like, other people's attacks. And it just it brought it to a, a new level. And, again, talking about what makes a superhero game a superhero game feeling like you're that character mm-hmm. and oh yeah they they pulled that off you're gonna have to get a playstation though to play that one gerald that's an exclusive for sony mm-hmm. <laughs> those are hard to find right yeah. like yeah. yes all these older games are really hard to find is what i'm realizing too mm-hmm. yeah, just go to Louisville, right joe there you go. <laughs> you'll find it there that's at the right. dirt mall apparently they've got all of them can i just go on ebay do they have them there <laughs> all right let's move along joe that was your pick i believe yeah, yeah. Remember. All right, uh, Gerald, we're going to kick it back to you, buddy. What do you got on your list? 
Oh, man, I want to throw it back to the, probably the most terrible of all the games, and that's the Incredible Hulk games. Like, there, there's not really a bunch of good ones out there in the first place. There aren't, are And there? it was right around the time. There, Like, it's not a great, you know, as much as I look, like, Incredible Hulk, that is my absolute, that is my favorite of all the characters really? that are out there in that Marvel universe. I love wow. the Hulk. I just love his style. I love that he's super fucking smart and he's got this bipolar personality a lot of times as well. Mm. I love that character altogether. But the more I dig into it and read some of the stories and read the comics, I realize this fucking guy is boring as shit. I'm glad I did not get into a lot of this stuff. There's not a lot of... He doesn't have like a lot of huge uh, villains that are kind of come back over and over again. It's kind of just this hodgepodge all over the place. Even like with Planet Hulk, I'm just like not super into it. So when the movies started coming out, I was like, okay, maybe they'll do it right this time. <laughs> Obviously, you have oh, that Jerry. disaster angle thing that came. I know. I was all high hopes <laughs> and stuff about it. But it was right around that time, like 2005, I think, is where I, I heard this is one of the best games is the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. So good. And it's very much oh, this yeah. open world kind of thing. Just go and destroy, lay your raft down on this big mm-hmm. city, climbing up all these buildings. And I kind of saw that when I was like, oh, I could get into that game. And then right around the time I discovered it, I realized that there's this other Incredible Hulk coming out that's based on the uh, the movie, like the, uh, uh, the 2008 version of the movie. And oh. it looked like a lot of the same kind of style. It was open world. You got to smash things and climb buildings. I was like, I'm going to buy that one. That's the new one. And man, I regret everything. I regret <laughs> a lot of life choices there because that was such a yeah. terrible, like no story whatsoever. You're trying to just redo so the whole movie thing in here yeah. and like bringing in the Edward Norton kind of situation. I'm like, I don't need this garbage. And as much as I'd like to smash things and climb buildings and punch out walls and, you know, climb up, you know, 60 stories high and just leap off and come crashing down on things. It was just, it was not a fun game. Mm. It just wasn't, I, I probably played it for maybe 30 hours flat. And I was like, I, I went to go look for it the other day because I normally don't trade these things in. I obviously traded this fucker in. And never <laughs> <looked> <laughs> Didn't even know. Forgotten you did even that. Didn't even care about it. And then nothing has come out since. I mean, other than like your ultimate alliances and yeah. shit like that. Like, not a there's dedicated not, whole That's game. not a good, there's no good things coming out of that. It's a great character. I still believe it's a really great character and you can do a lot with it. Yeah. But historically, it's not going to bring you down this like, oh, this enlightening path. You're like, oh, this is some of the great best gameplay I've ever had in my life. But Again, I really regret not playing Ultimate Destruction, and I've been looking, trying to figure out, like, how can I get my fucking hands on this thing, even though it's, like, 15 years old now. (laughs) That game was so good. Like, you could pick up cars and, like, smash them against your hands and make, like, boxing gloves out of pieces of Like he does in the movie. Like he does in the movie, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I think they brought a lot of those elements over into the the movie version of it, but it, it did, yeah. again, it's just not the same fucking game as much as you want to believe it. No, there was a time where, like, as good as the MCU movies were, like the early ones, like Iron Man, Captain America, like they did some licensing for some video games that were it was really questionable, like just really bland. It, it wasn't like it was the worst thing that you could possibly do with a game. Not that it was bad. It was just so forgettable. Uh, and yeah, the Hulk was one of them. Uh, the Captain America one, like I said, was yeah. just really rough. Because uh, it was like one of those like it came so close to being remarkable. 
but it kind of wasn't. Mm. Uh, and, and that's just sad to do that to such a great IP. Yeah. Especially when there's no consequences for anything you're looking at, especially with those movie games. Like you kind of know where this is going. Yeah. You know, you're not going to fucking die or anything like yeah, that. Right. Yeah. You, can, you know, just as much as a console, you can keep, you know, pumping in those virtual quarters and going for it. And, there's nothing solidifying the story behind it. There's nothing right. drawing you in. It's just like, okay, I want to pick up a controller and smash things for like 20 minutes before I have really? to go to work mm-hmm. or change my clothes and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it doesn't add up. <laughs> As, now, Joe, I know you've played this, the most recent Avengers game. Uh, I have mm-hmm. not. It's another one I've been warned away from. And uh, I haven't really been jazzed by the by yeah. what I've seen. Uh, I think we're it's, all spoiled by the MCU and these actors and the mocap. Like that's not the Black Widow I know is ScarJo, and that ain't mm-hmm. ScarJo in that game. I just think that what they did with the Avengers, like the mechanics are there. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's the framework for a good game, but somebody just didn't take the time to understand like what people like about the, yeah. the superheroes. Like they didn't take time to. Not only that, they didn't take time to understand what people like about superhero games mm-hmm. and. So it just kind of turned into this weird, like, like a cross between, like, like a Borderlands, like a, a a loot race. Like you're trying to get like the best loot. I'm not into that. That's not why I play video games. Right. To try to like get that that sweet loot. I want to get a good story out of it, and that's not what they were doing with this Avengers game. And that's why I'm so like standoffish with all these ads I'm seeing for the new Guardians of the Galaxy game. I'm like, I don't know. Burn me once. Uh, uh, shame yeah. on you. But I don't know if I could do this. Um, it's a shame though, because Avengers is such a hot IP, especially you know with the closure of the first the of that first big wave uh, of the MCU, and to kind of follow it up with this weak ass outing wah. from from an otherwise really good publisher developer yeah. with SquareSoft, like it's just. I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's going on. The business of video games confuses me sometimes. That may be, uh, you know, th- there's so many stakeholders uh, behind yeah. behind those games now that Disney owns them, um, and mm-hmm. so that maybe feels like a little little too many uh, cooks in the chef in the uh, the kitchen. Right? Yeah, too yeah. many cooks. Just uh, do like a Kingdom Hearts, but with Marvel superheroes and yeah, stuff. There you go. That's, that's all you got to do. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't have that. We'll wait for that someday. And I do have hope for that Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm going to give that a shot when that comes out in a couple mm-hmm. of months because I love those characters, even though Star-Lord looks like Macklemore in this new version. <laughs> don't Blinder. like that at all. Don't like that. No. Like, like you're saying about Black Widow, that's ScarJo. Like yeah. me, mm-hmm. that's that's always going to be Chris Pratt no matter what. <laughs> Is that what he looks like in the comics, Joe? Star-Lord? No. No? No. He doesn't have the, the something probably. about Mary hair? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not not the ones that I read in like the nineties and yeah, stuff. And yeah. maybe in these the new version. Like I haven't I haven't picked up a Guardians of the Galaxy comic book in probably mm-hmm. ten years. Well, uh, tune in a couple of months when that game is out, and we'll be reviewing it. I'm sure on this podcast. Uh, but for now, yeah. still talking about superhero games, and I think. Uh, oh, I think we're back to me now, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to take it back into the arcade uh, because I thought I knew what I liked about uh, comic book video games uh, until Street Fighter 2 came out. And uh, I was all about fighting games. Uh, pumped so many quarters into Street Fighter 2. You want to hear us uh, talk about fighting games? We did a whole episode about it back a few months. Uh, so listen to our fighting games episode. Jason, you were on that one as well. Had a lot to contribute. Uh, but one game I don't think we talked about were the uh, Capcom versus Marvel uh, fighting games that came out around that era. And uh, that just kind of blew my mind. Like, that was a crossover I did not see coming. Uh, there there had been no shortage of fighting game clones. We had, like, King of Fighters. We had, um, uh, you know, Tekken. There were so many fighting game 
not all ripoffs, but you know that that genre had just uh, kind of exploded. And right when yeah. Street Fighter was starting to feel a little stale, I think we were already on like the fourth, third, or fourth version of Street Fighter Two. Uh, Turbo Ultra, exactly. Yes, uh, and uh, I remember walking in the arcade one year and uh, seeing what I thought was a new Street Fighter game. And it turns out Marvel versus Capcom. What a cool idea! Well, the thing was what what Capcom was doing. I don't know if I would say silently, but they were kind of like parallel. They had started with an X Men fighter, then they started with like a Marvel it. superheroes fighter that came out on PlayStation as well as in the arcade. Then they kind of tied the two together, yeah. where they did like Marvel versus Capcom, because uh, I think it was X Men versus Street Fighter first, then Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, you kind might of like be right. X Men Legends became Marvel Ultimate yeah. Alliance. They just they realized what a cool combination they had there, and said like, well, why don't we expand it like both universes? Mm-hmm. Let's just open it up. And I'll tell you, like, there's a version, there's a video game version of the Hulk that works yeah. and makes sense. Yeah, and I think it was when uh, they came out with Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Like, that was the one that you saw in arcades. All of the, It was the, the best one, and in a lot of ways kind of rivaled uh, Street Fighter 2, the one that started it all. Like, uh, I think they'd really fine-tuned uh, you know, the mechanics and the combo system and uh, introduced this new... Well, was that the first game where you could have, like, two players you could tag team? Tag people out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a new technique, too. And, of course, I was into fighting games. I was perfectly primed for it. And uh, love the characters and love the Marvel versus Capcom games. What say you guys? Oh yeah, no, because those kind of games too. It's like if you weren't the kind of guy that was going to have a fight with somebody to kind of show off after school, you could at least go to the arcade right. and like, oh, I cannot beat you up in real life, but for three dollars, <laughs> I will whoop your ass all Kick day your ass long. virtually. That's right. Let my joystick. But yeah, do those, the those were super fun. It was fun to watch. The, you know, I think it, those were more fun to watch. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Yeah. When I when I first saw that crossover with uh, with Marvel and Capcom, I was seriously offended, and I can't even <laughs> really say why. Well, just because I get that it's the, a, that didn't seem natural. Too very di- yes, it didn't feel natural. It was two very different worlds. And I, I was not a huge fan of the fighting games. I appreciate yeah. them for what they were. I remember that. And they look fucking gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. no, even now, to now, like, they look great, even back then. But to see those two pla- those two, um, those two properties come together like that, I was like, what are we doing? Are we getting a cartoon series with both of these together now? Are we getting a breakfast cereal? Like, this is turning yes. into, I'm like eight years old, and of course I'm thinking about this kind of shit, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it felt a little cash grabby. I'll give you that. Uh, but who, hey, who cares? Look, comic book characters fighting uh, Dalsam. You know, that was something I hadn't seen before. Didn't think I'd see. And then, of course, nowadays we've got uh, in the DC universe the uh, Injustice series, right? I know Injustice well, Two. That started with DC versus Mortal Kombat, and then it that's became right. what it was. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And uh, yeah, people love those. I love the look of those. If you want a, like a, a darker, grittier uh, fighting game, very kind of uh, disconcerting though. To see like Wonder Woman be murdered <laughs> by Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> well, what's funny with the uh, the DC versus Mortal Kombat? There were like all these uh, animations, like all these uh, the fatality animations that they had to cut out uh, right before they went to market with it. Like they had to take these things out because Warner Brothers was like, "No, you can't do that." We can't see Superman like ripping someone's spine out. We can't see the Joker like shooting someone in the head. Like we we can't do this. You can't you can't kill Batman. Like they were very protective of their IP. 
but then when like injustice, <laughs> they, they totally like all bets are off. Yeah. We're going to have Deathstroke just like pulling someone's spine out of their anus. <laughs> um, and, uh, and no, they're, they're great. They're, they're really good fighters. Fighters are weird with me because I love them. Mm-hmm. I'm horrible at them, but I love the idea of them. And I'll always give them a shot. Yep. Uh, all righty. Moving on to, uh, I guess, Jason. What do you got next on your list, bud? Uh, I'd just like to touch back on the uh, X-Men fighting game mm-hmm. uh, for Super Nintendo, uh, or at least that's what I played it on. Oh, Children yeah. of the Atom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was that was really awesome. I mean, you know, you could be Magneto, you could be a Sentinel, uh, you know, of course, Wolverine, all great game. Uh, that was a really, really good fighting game um, and definitely, you know, took cues from Street Fighter and everything, but it was oh, just yeah. different enough, uh, you know, to to really capture your attention. Yeah, I forgot about um, that. On on the same same vein, uh, does anyone remember the X-Men game for the NES? I've got it on the top of my list for the worst games. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was just fixing to say, that mm-hmm. was probably one of the worst games. Um, uh, From the I top mean, down. Every yes. aspect of Aspect. that game. What made it so bad? Worst you could do. It's everything. Uh, remember Clunky. that thing we said about like superhero games need to make you feel like you're the superhero? Mm-hmm. There was, there was nothing... Not. like. The characters didn't even look like the X-Men. Like, oh, no. No, there was nothing that was... Nothing recognizable about the X-Men. Jason, I'm going to let you take this because this was your pick, but I definitely have a lot to add on to the end here. <laughs> I got beef with this game. It doesn't look that bad. No, this is for the NES? Yes. Just the LJN X-Men game for the NES. Is this the one where every single character that you picked could only shoot something and that they couldn't even use their real powers Punch. and stuff like that? Like, yep, exactly. Yep. <laughs> it was like a really <laughs> shitty gauntlet. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I really want someone to take the cover of that game now and remove X-Men and just put shitty gauntlet in the X-Men <laughs> So when they announced this, like I would see ads for this in comic books and I was so amped for this game to come out because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a Wolverine fan. Like I've been a Wolverine fan since I was six years old. Just love that character so much. And, you know, when he started getting love like in video games like oh my gosh like i could play this this game and i could play as wolverine and oh this is this is gonna be great i can't wait my my father bought this thing for me day one i put it in the system and i couldn't have been more upset about it it was so <laughs> bad but because we lived in a house where it's like you got this game yep. you're not going to get another one till you finish this game so the assholes that made this game <laughs> right they all right so you I play through story. Like five there's five, I've told you this story yes, before. Yes, I love it. There's like, there's like six levels to this game. And so you play through it, and like there's supposed to be a final Asteroid M level. But you don't just go to that level. When you finish the six regular levels or whatever, you then have to enter a code to get to the final level. You can't enter it, though, until you finish the sixth level. But the thing is, there isn't a prompt. There isn't a thing that says, like, do this so you could do the final level. There's, in fact, no, there's nothing in the in the instruction manual, nothing, like, I just, I finished the sixth level, and it was just on a, on a select screen. And I'm like, I guess this is the end of the game. So one day, I'm just kind of looking at the cover of the game. I, w- I would do that. I was a weird kid. I would just, like, oh, I did look that at the too. cartridges. I would look at the cartridges and hold it. And in really small print, on the sticker of the cartridge, A, B plus start, or something like that. And I was like, I wonder what the fuck that means. What? So, like, I started the game, and I put in the combination, nothing. 
So I started playing through it. I played through the whole thing, finished the sixth level, and when I was on the select screen, I put in that button combination, and it sent me to Asteroid M to fight Magneto <laughs> for the final level of the game. Who the fuck does that? What a Who, weird... How yeah. broken is your production cycle that like you're programming this game, and it's impossible to finish unless someone is just either super smart or super dumb enough to just be looking at the label of a video game and wonder, huh, what does this fine print mean? Yeah, dude, that was, that, that was like the biggest fuck you that a video game is. Like, I've never felt a big middle finger as much as I did when I played that X-Men game. I mean, when you think about uh, it, like, uh, oh. it's, it's kind of groundbreaking. Like, you had to have the, the game designers uh, in cahoots with the, the printing manufacturers, the guys who were, like, designing the album. It was, like, that was definitely a coordinated effort, and, and somebody thought this was a great idea. And it no, was, there was nobody go down thought it in was infamy. a great idea. No. That's not how it went, Joel. I'm almost positive that this thing went down like this. They were like, they were hitting the end of their, their programming cycle. They were hitting their deadline. They weren't going to finish it. And so they were like, shit, uh, we, um, dude, we didn't finish it. There's no way to get to the final level. Um, hey, guys, when you're putting the label together, <laughs> can you put this thing in fine print? I mean, it's the best we could do. And then they just <laughs> shipped it out. All right, yeah, maybe. Like, uh, put, that, put it in Nintendo Power. There was not even a thing in Nintendo Power that said, hey, got this crappy yeah, X-Men game, want to finish it? Do this. Like, and it wasn't until, I think, I think it was like five or six years ago, Joel, mm -hmm. where we had first talked about this, and I looked up online that like there's this like subreddit community that talks about this game. <laughs> people were traumatized. And it's, like, the bullshit of the label. Yeah, the people that were traumatized by it. You know, I wonder if uh, nuts, if man. it was more e even diabolical than that. Like maybe they had because uh, you know Nintendo Power they had that uh, that number that you could call right the one eight hundred. It was a one nine hundred number. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where you needed to get secrets on Zelda or, or video games. So maybe that's what it was all about. They were going to rake in the dollars because people wouldn't be able to finish the game. Unless they call, I feel the, like you're giving you are giving them way too much credit. Just, you're giving I just, these people. I just way have to imagine credit. somebody thought this was going to go over much better than it actually did. Nope, it was somebody who was like, "Fuck, we didn't <laughs> finish the game. Can we can we put a, a programming code in there so yeah. they can at least access that level? Yeah, if they do this, they can. All right, cool. There we go. Game's finished. Nowadays, it would have just been DLC that would have made you get purchased to to finish yeah. the game. Oh yeah, after the yeah fact. season pack. <laughs> Season pass. Oh my god, uh, man! All right, well, oh, uh, Jason, you pissed me off so much talking about that. You brought up the worst. Jason, was that your game? I'm not even sure because Joe it. did a lot of time uh, talking about. But I know, I know, I know, it was I on your list. So that was Jason's pick. You can now uh, tell us what game is next on your list. Well, it's kind of weird because like mm -hmm. some of the worst superhero games involves some of my favorite characters, and that would be the X-Men. And another really, really bad superhero game uh, came out on the SNES, and it was called Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade's Revenge. Oh, yeah. The weird, the weird thing about this game was that, like, all of the characters controlled so well. Like, they controlled so well. There were so many good things they had going on. You could play as Gambit. You could play as Wolverine. You played as Storm, but, like, both of Storm's levels... Like, so the idea is... Arcade has kidnapped all of the X-Men, and you as Spider-Man have, like, tracked them down. And when you track down Arcade's thing, like his, his funhouse, then you, like, take turns controlling either Spider-Man or one of the X-Men, and you have to go through, like, two of their levels to free them so that way they can fight Arcade at the end of the game. And, like, both of Storm's levels is swimming underwater. 
Like you take this woman that can control Wait, weather, what? right? She controls weather. She shoots electricity. She's gonna kill She's herself in the water. <laughs> She's gonna kill herself exactly. <laughs> so, it, like, it, talk about a, a horrible misuse of the characters. But then there's like some good stuff, like the whole like Wolverine's level. His second level is running away from the Juggernaut. The the level design is so bad. And usually, like a good level designer, good programmers, kind of they they subconsciously train you and teach you the skills that you need to know to get through something. Not here. Like, you're just expected to kind of know everything that you've got to do, and if you can't pick up on it, then fuck, fuck off. Like, you know, <laughs> start over from the beginning, man. But this game also had, like, some of the best 2D Spider-Man control mm. of, of any Spider-Man game that I'd played. It was, it was so, so weirdly confusing and disappointing. Uh, kind of like my prom night. It was it was just really, <laughs> really bad. Uh, so yeah, uh, Spider Man and the X Men: Arcade's Revenge for the SNES. Uh, stay away, stay mm. far away. <laughs> Will do. All right, Gerald, coming back to you, buddy. What else you got? You know, I really love like all the oddball games that are out there too. The very beginning, we were talking about the mobile game that I'm playing, Marvel Strike Force, and stuff like that. And, oh, but yeah. one of my favorite like low key ones is definitely like t- 2010s. Marvel Pinball by Zen Studios, Ooh. where it was literally like it was a console game. You could get it on PlayStation Three and shit like that. It was a it was a quick download because there wasn't a whole lot to it, but the graphics were just great. Like you're playing these regular ass pinball games, you're playing with the flippers and stuff like that, but at the same time, you've got these animated characters that are jumping into your pinball game and like fucking your shit up every once in a while. Like you get Doctor Octopus in the background watching you play and he's about this big on top of the pinball machine his arms are grabbing your balls and throwing them all over the place <laughs> in these different areas and like Crazy. you know uh no what are some of the other like the sinister sticks would come in and start screwing everything up that you're doing while you're trying to just play this basic pinball game wolverine's kind of off to the side it's like well you fucked that one up bro let's try that guy again <laughs> sounds like, about right it's fun because the characters are interacting with you but it's a really just simple pinball game like Zen Studios throws out really cool shit like that every once in a while, uh-huh. where it's like, I'm going to take this great, this great, uh, you know, idea that you already have with these characters. I'm going to put it into something that's fancy, that's brand new. There's not a whole lot that goes into it, but it's just mindless, and you can play for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys ever played those uh, Zen pinball games oh, before, yeah. but like they have a lot of different ones. But the, the Star Marvel Wars ones, ones stuck out for me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For sure, the Star Wars ones were really cool as well. So mm-hmm. those were always really fun games. Again, you could just. You know, you don't have to like load this big, huge game and like dedicate hours and hours to it. Again, you're just like, okay, I've got like 30 minutes to kill right now. Let me get this thing up. It's going to zip up real fast. You play, you're racking up your points and you're, you're yelling at the screen at the same time because they're fucking your shit up, you know, trying to uh, just sabotage everything you're doing while you're trying like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I've never gotten this far in this game. I had six balls going on at the same time. And you, (laughs) you came in and you destroyed everything. You stupid freaking asshole (laughs) with your pumpkin bombs thrown at me. It's it's ridiculous, but it's ridiculous fun. Again, just those, those oddball games are out there too, that you don't give a lot of thought to most of the time yeah i love the idea that like wolverine is sitting on the pinball table just talking shit to you while you're trying to play (laughs) look that's what they decided to use the ip like hey asshole looks like you suck at this game i have never heard of these games of course yeah yeah, yeah. they're great 
Oh, I love this. Again, they're not your big old platformers. They're not your arcade games. You know, yeah. granted, you could walk into a physical arcade, and if they got pinball machines at the back, they probably got some pretty cool Marvel ones out there as well. Sure, they do. Going all the way back to the 70s and shit. But when you bring it together in that animated style like that, mm. again, mindless, mindless fun. Just go for it for a good half hour, and you'll be okay for the rest of the day now, with a little bit more joy in your life. <laughs> yeah. Now, where do you play oh, yeah. these? Uh, console, PC? Yeah, those are those were the Zen ones came out on console. I think they've got a newer one that came out a few years ago, but the one from 2010, I, I'm mm. certain that I had that on mm. my uh, PS3 for sure. Yeah. And yeah. just playing with the flippers on your your two yeah, finger buttons up that's the top, great. right, left, go, go, go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how it works, Joel? Like you basically can buy like the base pack of of, uh, of these pinball games, and then you could just like buy new skins. Like you add new skins. Uh, I think they come in like packs of four, like you can get these characters oh, or, or this one. Uh, but yeah, no, I kind of, I, I fell down that, that pinball rabbit hole, uh, for a little bit on my Xbox one. I love this. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna get these cause that's, that's kind of an era that I missed that, uh, 360 PS3 era. I'm still catching mm-hmm. up on. Well, there you go. Adding that to the list. Nicely done. Hadn't thought about, uh, pinball machines. Way to bring it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, all right. Well, as long as we're talking, uh, man, <laughs> a lot of X-Men. In this episode, but we knew it was going to be that way when you're talking about superhero video games, especially when the Lego video games have a whole series of uh, of Marvel games. Uh, what do they call it? Marvel Lego Marvel Super Lego Heroes. Marvel superheroes is what it's called. Yeah, this I, was legit a question I was going to ask all of you guys. If they count, is there a good? Well, if there is there a good Lego game that's out there within this superhero universe? I've never been really big into those Lego games. I played a couple of the Star Wars ones back yeah. in the day. Like they're they're really like they're youthful like they're fun to kind of just jump into her once in a while but I've never played any of the superhero ones before. What what's y'all take on it? These are good. These are okay. It's all over the place. The best if you're gonna play a Lego superhero game, uh, I would go with Lego Batman, the the mm. original Lego Batman. That is the the most fun and that it, it's before they started adding like all the voice acting and stuff to it. So like they were oh, telling yeah. the story. You know, non-verbally, they were, it was very Buster Keaton, you know, just uh, very amusing. Uh, it wasn't until they started doing, like, the full-on voice acting that it started, I don't know, it started to kind of, it lost its charm. Yeah. But uh, Lego Lego Marvel Superheroes is a bit of a grind. Uh, yes. It, it, it took the things about the Lego games that, like, you didn't really care much for, like, the, the collecting, the completionist uh-huh. aspect of it, and it, it kind of, it, it cranked it up to an eleven. And that's not why, at least that's not why I play those games. Mm-hmm. I play it kind of like how Gerald was talking about the, the pinball games, like just to kind of check out for a little bit. Exactly. Just chill out yeah. and play something that's a little mindless for a little while. That's where like the, the original Lego Star Wars came in handy mm-hmm. and uh, and Lego Batman. But soon after that, it, it started just kind of becoming a little bit too much of a commitment. Yeah, I agree. I picked up a bunch of these Lego games and I had a sale a few months back where they were selling for like 7 $8 and I probably dropped 50 bucks on like five or six different of these Lego games. I got Lego Harry Potter collection. Uh, oh, Jurassic Lego Park. Lego Harry Potter is my least favorite. Oh, no. With, with Lego Indiana Jones oh, great. being a close second. Oh, shit. I think I got that, cut that one too. So uh, we'll yeah. just move those to the bottom of the pile then. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Jen and I both played because, uh, you know, it's great for co-op. And we'd love some of the other uh, mm-hmm. Lego games. But just found that one kind of frustrating, uh, not intuitive too for a a, a Lego game. 
and found yeah. ourselves kind of getting stuck early on. And we're like, what do we do? What are we supposed to? Maybe we were just having an off day, uh, but I, I got to chalk it up to the game design. Yeah, Joe's agreeing the, with me the there. Flight mechanics, the flight mechanics are so bad in that one. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, was not fun. A little, a little too complicated for its own good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although I do appreciate seeing you know, all those characters in Lego form. And uh, I, I didn't mind the voice acting so much, even though it's not the originals. And I'm kind of contradicting myself because I said earlier I hated the Avengers game because it wasn't the ones we know. But uh, that one, it, it was more of, a, yeah, the experience. Did not have a good time playing that one, sadly. It, it, it's like they, they lost their way. Like, why they created yeah. the original, like, Lego Star Wars game was so that way. Like, there was a, it was a fun family kind of experience. Yes. Where, like, you could... Like, let's say, like, me and my six-year-old want to sit down and play a video game. She doesn't have to get frustrated because it's one of those games you can never die. You just right. keep coming back respawn. and you just got to collect collect your studs or whatever and just play through the story. Have some fun, respawn, play through the story. They kind of started becoming way too uh, aware of the adult uh, demographic that yeah. was playing the games and started trying to cater to them instead. And I think that was a huge mistake. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Do you think that was people... Uh playing the games historically and then growing up, do you think they were trying to cater to that same audience basically as they were aging? Well, pro- probably that, but also like they were licensing things that were, that had more and more of a legacy. Like, you know, you started with Lego star Wars and Lego star Wars was something that spoke to like, you know, kids, especially like the, the, the audience of the prequels, the guy, the people that were kids when the prequels yeah. came out, uh, you know, people like me that love star Wars. And so like, it was it was cross generational, but it still didn't have that vast legacy that something like Marvel or DC has, where these are characters that like you know people know from a wide range, a wide demographic, and they were aiming more, I think, for the adult end of the demographic instead of sticking with. And I hate saying like I want to play games for kids, like that they're just games for kids because they're not. It's entertaining. It's it's good for the kids, but there's also enough stuff in there that's going to keep the adults engaged. They ended up turning that on its ear, and they tried to cater more for the adults with just enough to keep the kids engaged. And yeah. I think that was the wrong kind of combination. I agree. Yeah. Interesting. We'll see if they uh, course correct in future Lego games, because I'm sure like that train, <laughs> like it's, it's not going to be stopping anytime soon. No. All right. Well, that was my last uh, pick, so I think we're going to go around the horn one more time. Uh, so uh, give us your final superhero video game choice. Uh, Gerald, did we do you? Did we just come out of you? Uh, yes, let's gross. go ahead and say that on air. That sounds great to me, for sure. Cut that part out, Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we touched on a lot of mine. Like, a lot of my stuff is coming from the Activision world with the Legacy, X-Men Legacy games yeah. and the Ultimate Alliances. Like, those were the big heavy hitters for me. And then, yes, for sure, like, a lot of crossover with those old arcade games and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's kind of hard to lean into what's going on right now. You know, you talk about that Avengers game that that just came out. There was so much hype about it for like two years. I'm hearing about mm-hmm. this game and I'm getting all excited about it. I will always wait before I will never buy a game right off the shelf. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it, you never hear anything about it ever again. So I'm just like, okay, well, that's obviously a bad call. Don't go buy that thing. But then you've <laughs> got this, this again, the Spider-Man game. Like there's... A, 3,600 Spider-Man games that have come out since 1982, right? Yep. And then this one that came out in 2018 is supposed to be the best one that's out there as well. So, I think so. like, I don't know what to trust anymore. Like, I don't want to invest a whole bunch of time in this if it's going to be a bunch of garbage because, 
you know, in this day and age, I'm not going to a video game store to buy a disc to put in so I can trade it out later if it sucks. Like, I'm downloading this crap. I'm going to have it forever, mm. and it's just taking up spaces on my terabyte right now, which is kind of pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I have no new games to add on there. I'm just I'm glad we were touching on a lot of the same things that, you know, we were ready to talk about. Um, the only other question I had is, like, I was talking to Joel about this before we got started, is, like, is there a good superman game that's out there like that's one of my historical characters i've loved to take on but i can't think of a single like good like much like the movies there's not a lot of great superman movies. it's a hard one to crack right i think um not a solo superman game but there's a uh just like uh x-men legends and marvel ultimate alliance they did do a justice league game that was like that yeah. Uh, with like Superman, Batman, Supergirl, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green, oh. like all the cl- all the good like the 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 key players. But it was like then you got some characters like Green Arrow that they threw in there that I was like, okay, respect. You know, Green Arrow isn't like one of the huge ones. He's still a well known character, but you know that's pretty cool that they threw him in a game. But yeah, much along the same lines as Ultimate Alliance, uh, they did do a DC game that doesn't get too much play. I can't remember the exact title of it though. Um, but yeah, Justice League, blah, 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 insert subtitle here, uh, was probably one of the few, like, Superman games that I thought was, I mean, pretty decent within the past 15, 20 years. You're talking about, uh, Justice yeah. League Heroes? There it is, yeah, Justice League Heroes. Yep. Yeah, that's, I just saw it, 2006. Mm-hmm. I'll, if yeah. I can find that one, I'll go for it. It would be Man. nice to, I'll watch some videos on it to decide yeah. if I'm not yeah. Yeah, check it digging out. too deep for it. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Appreciate that one. Quite sure, a sure. discerning consumer, Gerald. I like that. I do the same thing. <laughs> no, it's 60 bucks every single time. Don't waste my fucking time here. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, then, uh, Jason, we'll kick it over to you. What's the final game you've got on your list? Actually, I'm glad uh, you said you were, you were finished because... You are as well. I'm just pretty much. I'm I'm pretty much just comic <laughs> relief right now. <laughs> okay, there we go. Well, good because I'll take Jason's turn there because I've go. got like seven <laughs> things I want to touch on real quick. Let's do it. No, I'm gonna. I am. I'm gonna rapid fire real quick and just kind of talk about uh, the worst. I have a couple of games still on my worst list. Uh, one of them, X Men: The Last Stand uh, for yeah. PlayStation Two. A horrible game. Horrible movie tie-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, horrible movie. And. Uh, What's funny, though, is that usually that's the way it goes, right? That you have a game that's an adaptation of a movie, and it sucks, right? Until but... until it went the other way with X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> this game that's based on one of the worst superhero movies of all time, but is one of the greatest superhero video games. It's somehow awesome game where like Wolverine you get, you get to the point where you're so torn up you see his like bones and stuff and you can watch him slowly heal while you're playing the game it, it ties into like his animal senses and you know it's this this cool telling of like the Weapon X origin while also kind of like paralleling this other adventure that he's going on it's like it was it was surprising it was like a Metal Gear action adventure Wolverine game that was just it was phenomenal. It was out of this world, and it's coming off of the uh, the heels of Wolverine's Revenge, that was a PlayStation Two title that had Mark Hamill voicing what? Wolverine, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah, Mark Hamill voicing Wolverine. Um, so both of those games, as kind of companion pieces to each other, worth checking out. But yeah, no X Men Origins Wolverine, like it just blew my mind how absolutely amazing this game was. Um, another really bad game. 
Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects, which was a 3D fighter where like Marvel oh, no. and I think it was Capcom or Konami or someone, whoever they teamed up with for this game, they were trying to like create these new characters within the Marvel Universe and it was such a flop. It was horrible. And they really try to drum up interest by like having, you know, some games they have like playable characters, but only on certain platforms. Like you could only play as Captain America on the PlayStation version, but he wasn't uh, available shit, on the other ones. Come on. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that to me. Uh, that's going to turn me off immediately. And yeah, this, this game like had some of the worst fight mechanics and it had a great roster of characters, but just horribly misused them. I'm seeing it's um, on like a bunch of different platforms too, which uh, never yep. really bodes well. And I don't just mean like Xbox and PS. Uh, but like, there's a Nintendo DS version of this. A DS so, version, exactly. So obviously, they were uh, more concerned about getting it uh, in as many consoles as possible instead of creating yes. a quality product, right? So then there's the the Holy NES Trinity, um, <laughs> which would be the Punisher for the NES, which mm. was kind of a a cool third person shooter. Uh, spent many hours playing that one. Uh, there was Wolverine for the NES, and that goes back to what I was talking about. Uh, a game that punishes you for using the superhero's power. In this game, if you had Wolverine's <laughs> claws out, you slowly lost health. Lost, yep, that's right. Which is I like, remember that. Wait, but he heals fast. Like, shouldn't those nope. things like just kind of balance each other out? Um, so yeah, like if you had the claws out, which obviously did more damage, you were slowly dying. And it's like, fuck you. Like that's <laughs> not how you do this. Uh, and then finally, my crown jewel. Nope. Maybe my favorite superhero game, Whoa. and what gave us the theme song for both 8 bit and 16 bit gladiators, yes. the Silver Surfer on that's the end. Right. Yeah, if you know where that's from, if you ever wondered, wondering. yeah, where the song that we play at the beginning of every episode is from, uh, it is from, uh, yes, the Silver Surfer on the NES. And that is the only Silver Surfer game that ever came out, too. Isn't that true? Are there it more? Did. They did do a video game adaptation of Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Okay, sure. But I don't think you ever played as him. I'm not not sure. I can't remember if if he's in any of the Ultimate Alliance games. I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember if he shows up or not. But, like, what I guess what I was getting at, that's the only one that's, like, he's the star of that game kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's his game. It's so difficult. But, like, for some reason, like, it is everything I love about arcade shooters. Like, like you're... um, uh, R-Type or mm-hmm. like any of those those sides like Life Force any of those side-scrolling games like for some reason I felt like it, it kind of captured the feeling but giving it that Marvel f- flavor so uh, I know there's a lot of people that hate that game uh, it looks difficult polarizing, but it's it was man I loved it I loved it so much and, and in no small part due to the music that that chiptune soundtrack to it was really good yeah no, I love it. Well, you hear it every episode nice. on this podcast. <laughs> so now I know. Come for the uh, scintillating video game uh, talk, but uh, stay for the Silver Surfer soundtrack that you'll hear at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, there you go. That was our big superhero video game uh, extravaganza. Once again, thanks to you, Gerald, for uh, suggesting the topic. And then also... Yeah, uh, man, that was a good idea. Joining our little quartet here to talk uh, some Marvel and some DC and other... You know, we really haven't really talked... A lot beyond Marvel and DC. Uh, are there any other superhero games beyond those? They pretty much run the uh, a monopoly on the them. only. I mean, there's one Judge I Dread. Guess. I was saying Dread and Infamous. Like mm. I remember playing Infamous yeah. all the time, where you had the electricity and shit like that. 
And I did, I popped up on a random uh, web search. I was like, oh, yeah, that was kind of a superhero game. And I did enjoy yeah. that one a whole bunch, too. All right. There you 2009 go. on the PS3. But, yeah, mostly DC Marvel, I would say, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think they did a, a, I think they did a Wildcats video game at one point. But, yeah, cool. I mean, there's... It's it's mostly it's mostly Marvel DC. Yep. Well, uh, I'm sure we haven't seen the last of video games uh, based on <laughs> superheroes. Dick Tracy on the NES. Does Dick Tracy count? Uh, you know, I mean, it's a comic book. That he's was not, a horrible game. Too. Not, yeah, <laughs> that, that was an awful game. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, yes. Carvel, or at least tried to be to match the movie, but uh, not a superhero. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call that a nix. Uh, all right, uh, listeners, if we've left off your favorite game, uh, sound off on our Facebook page or on Twitter. Again, 16-Bit Gladiators on Facebook and at 16-Bit Gladiators on Twitter. Tell us which ones we left out, or if you agree or disagree, but how could you? Uh, so next week, uh, the topic is going to be, eh, I don't want to say based on uh, comics, but based on cartoons, because we're going to have a huge crossover episode with another podcast. That's right. We have yet to do this on the 16-Bit Gladiators. But next week, we're going to be joined by Tara and Ryan from uh, Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. They do a podcast uh, where they talk about Disney movies. Um, and not just the animated ones, but uh, the live-action ones. Great podcast. Check it out. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Uh, and they will be joining us next week to, of course, talk about Disney video games. So uh, we've much like this topic, we've got uh, a wide range uh, of varied video games across the decades to talk about, uh, going way back to the uh, the old Capcom games on the NES. And then, of course, uh, you know, some Kingdom Hearts. I'm sure some of the more... Uh, Recent games will be talked about, so tune in next week. Big crossover episode. Sorcerer's Apprentice game on the 2600. (laughs) Oh, shit. May even date back that far. We'll see. Check us out next week uh, when we have uh, Tara and Ryan on from Tara and Ryan's Princess Diary. Subscribe to that podcast to kind of get a feel. We'll have to figure out, so we may have to clean it up because I think they do a PG podcast, of course, because it's Disney. Fuck them. So (laughs) maybe a lot of uh, post-production I have to do in that episode to bleep out. In order to make it a true crossover, <laughs> maybe we'll leave the uncensored version on our uh, on our. There you feed. go. How do you feel about that? All right. So check us out then. Uh, but for now, Gerald, nicely done. Thanks for bringing it, man. You had uh, you awesome, did your research, okay. even though I threw you a curveball at the last minute by opening up to superheroes. Uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, suggesting the topic and then joining us to talk about it. Pleasure being with you guys today. This is awesome. And of course, our semi-regulars, uh, Jason Jasinski, thanks for your contribution as well. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And Joe, once again, love having you on every week, talking video games and uh, especially superheroes. So this is a good topic, hey, Joel, especially for you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this, for putting this all together. <laughs> oh, see, now this is the part where Joe is buttering me up because he wants to do a Masters of the Universe podcast. And he's That's like, hey, not, hey, we got I that do, new though. Master of the Universe uh, cartoons coming out. What do you say? Yeah, let's just go through. Let's go through and review and watch all the old episodes and do kind of like a quick review of it. And uh, we'll call it Casters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to which I replied, yeah, you should do that. You should do that, Joe. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Joel's exact response was, uh, fuck you. No, and, uh... no. Listen, I would love to. We're time an infinite construct. Uh, but as it were, I only have so many hours to devote to a podcast. And uh, I do it here for uh, video games on the 16-Bit Gladiator. So thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, tune in next week when we're talking about Disney video games. All right? We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? 
You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.